Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talk Off. It is Tuesday, May 9th, and we are here for another phenomenal episode of the Talk Off. I'm here. Chris is here. Jake's here, except he won't talk till later. He's eating a sandwich. He put potato chips for the crunch on the inside of the sandwich. What a beast move. He also wrapped it in, in tinfoil, so it was like deli made, too. Yeah, I know, right? It's a little strange, but kind of cool. It's, it trust me, it tastes so much better when you do it that way. Does you get like a little taste of aluminum? Like you just throw it in there a little bit? Uh, yeah, I've actually caught pieces of aluminum in the sandwich. So <laughs> maybe that's not the healthiest, but it tastes way better. I'm sure. So this is kind of a milestone uh, episode for us today. Episode 40. This is 40. We're hitting Isn't that a movie. Yeah. We're we're almost hitting our midlife crisis. We're, we're almost there. It's it's almost time for us to buy a random motorcycle. We almost qualify for AARP. Ooh. We already had to get a colonoscopy. Ooh. No, I think we have to do that right now. Can we talk I think we have about to do that colonoscopies. Right now. I wouldn't like to. No, all right. Let, let me let me uh, let me start. That. Why do you want to talk about colonoscopies? Let me, let me start that sentence over again. So you know how like awful like the idea of a colonoscopy sounds. Yes, I am hoping that by the time I need to get one, like they find a better way than to just shove a finger up your ass. I'm with you a hundred percent. By the time I, I feel like technology has grown so much in the 23 years that I have been alive, that in the next 17 years, there's no way there's not a bigger advancement in colonoscopies that I can't, like, there's nothing. Like, I don't know. They got to figure something out. Elon Musk is chipping people's brains to try to prevent the onset of some diseases. And you mean to tell me that you still need to take a latex glove and shove your fucking pointer (laughs) finger up my ass? That's not what they do. Isn't like a camera? Put a camera. Yeah. They put a camera up there, not a finger. What do you think? They just oh. fucking finger your ass for five minutes? <laughs> you have to pay for that. <laughs> you thought you just went to the doctor and they were just like, "Yeah, let me, let me hold up, let me, let me feel around." How, what, what's it? Oh yeah, I can tell from my finger that your colon doesn't have cancer. Well, I mean, well, no, I think that's how they used to do it. They didn't. They didn't always have cameras like that. Has to be within the last twenty-five brother, years brother, that they've brother, been using cameras. Brother, right? brother. Like the seventies and eighties, they, they were definitely. I don't going, think they checked, buddy. They were, they were tapping it raw back then. Just Cancer right is in. a twenty-first century disease, especially pre-screening for cancer is a twenty-first century ideal. So I'm sure they didn't even think about pre-screening for cancer until they had the technology to do it, like cameras to put up your ass. I don't Why know, are man. we talking about colonoscopies for four minutes at the, the beginning of an the, episode? The, the camera thing just gives me like that needs to fuck off like they need to figure out a better way than than a camera that's almost worse than a finger i would rather a finger because then like at least they could be gentle with it like you you don't like a camera is just a camera that's technology what if it what if it fell off then how are they gonna get out of your ass i would rather a camera fall out of my like i'd rather a camera get stuck in my ass than have a doctor there who probably loves sticking his finger up there getting all excited 
I don't think they're getting excited about it. I just don't he might. Know. I don't know. You know your doctor that well. You know what he does outside the I doctor's mean, office. I mean, if he stubs a finger in my ass, we're gonna get to know each other real fucking well. My window's open, and my dad's giving a softball lesson outside. I hope they can't hear us. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, how was the softball lesson today? It was really good, but there were someone was talking about shoving fingers in ass. <laughs> It was fucking Jesus Christ, dude. Enough with the colonoscopy talk. So yeah, this is forty. So we need to we need to we need to plan something out for fifty because we're we're wait, right wait, on the wait, cost, wait. Can baby. I just can I just the say century mark? It's times like this where I'm very happy that we have a baseball oriented podcast and not just a podcast where me and you come on here and talk because that would be much worse. We would probably talk about colonoscopies for an hour instead of just four minutes. Well, I mean, I feel like people get the best of both worlds with this podcast. Yeah, they do. They they absolutely do. But if we did a pure, like, just like, quote unquote, lifestyle podcast where you just like come on here and talk about nothing, we would talk about some. I have a messed up shit. I have some a um, shit. I have an idea for the hundredth episode. Okay, we have a meetup at a bar. For everyone who listens, and everyone who listens pays for our drinks. That's a great idea. So what you're saying is we should go meet our with our parents at a bar? Yeah. <laughs> I, sounds I, good. I, I think that's good. So, sounds good. I'm in. 100 episodes. When would that be? Uh, we do two a week, so probably... Pro- like probably around December, right? I don't know. I'm bad at math. No, no, no. Well, it, it would be 25 weeks from now. No, it would be 28 and a half weeks from now. So that's how many? That's like seven months. No, yeah. So like December. Yeah, yeah. That's so a like, long time. Well, yeah, because. The one year mark. I don't even. I don't remember what the date of the first podcast was, but November or something. Huh. Think about that. At the hundredth episode, we'll be in the off season. Ugh. Then it's gonna be like fucking scraping nickels and dimes to figure out what to talk about. Gonna be looking for shit to then do. We have to talk oh, about yeah. college football. Football again. Yikes. We all know how how my football and basketball picks went. Those were brutal. <laughs> thank god it's baseball now yeah thank god it's baseball season thank god it is uh the weather's turning around the fucking weather sucks dude sometimes i love the weather but also like today it sucks because it's it's hot and then i know it's going to be cold again and i don't know the pollen has fucked me up this weekend made me feel like shit both days you are the only person I have ever met to get mad at 72-degree weather on May 8th. Well, I'm not mad at 72-degree weather. What I'm mad is... Sounds just, like you are. No, because it's probably going to be freezing cold later in the week. It's just not going to be, though, because it's becoming summer. That's what happens with the seasons. No, we're like we're still like 40 days away from summer, so it still has... No, we're, like, just, we're just not. We, we are. Yeah, but like not summer weather. Like let's see, it's this actually gonna whole be nice. Week. It's it's actually gonna be nice this week. All right. Oh really? Well, I mean, you couldn't say that for last week. Yeah, because it was last week. 
we're getting closer to something. Well, you should at all those Mets fans who wanted Steve Cohen to build a um, to build a well. A you know, Mets fans are fucking right stupid. So whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, let's, let's don't you whoa, whoa! Don't whoa, whoa me! It's let's a fact. It nope, they're stupid. They're Actually. uneducated. Jake is hitting the nay nay in the office. Jake oh, is I the dog that was there. A whoa, what's the whoa? I don't know. Yeah, that's that one. Yeah. Is the is the dog there? No. Not today. Dude. (laughs) So sad. Jake, that dog are best friends. Uh what were we talking about? Uh weather and how the Mets fans wanted a Oh yeah, Mets fans just suck. They don't know anything. They're uneducated. Oh, Oh, that's just a fucking lie. And they complain a lot. I mean we complain, we're passionate. So Ah, there's a difference between passionate and complainy. How so? Uh, I'm passionate about the Red Sox. You're complainy about the Mets. I'm passionate complainy about the Mets. Yeah, I see. You have to add that little complainy, though. Well, how can you not be complainy when your team shells a bullshit product out every night? Well, I'm not saying that that that... that is not the case. What I'm saying is that having passion is being able to, you got a spin zone. What's the point of being a fan of a sports team? If it just brings you doom and gloom, you have to have stuff to look forward to or else. Why are you even watching the Mets? Who cares? Well, if they just make you so unhappy, then you should just stop watching and you'll be a lot. Your quality of life will probably go up. I don't have a choice. Well, you do. I don't. Well, you do. You could just stop watching. No, I don't, unfortunately, have a choice. It's just I was born with this team. I will die with this team. I will die before I ever see this team win a World Series. I will never win anything. See, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Nothing is ever What's the point of being a fan if you're just going to be mad all the time? No, I'm actually pretty optimistic about this year. There you go. Gotta be positive. We're probably gonna finish last in the AL East, but right now I'm convincing myself that we have a chance for a wild card. You never know. I mean, there are, like I've always said this: you're still professional exactly. baseball players at the end of the day. So it's professional baseball. Anything can happen. You can convince yourself that pretty much anything's gonna happen because really, we you just don't know. With 162 games in an entire season, you have no idea where it's gonna break. The Pirates were 20-8 and eight through the first 28 games. They haven't won a game since. So it's like you really don't know what's going to happen. That's why baseball is amazing. That's why it's the best sport, which is why it's the best season, which is why it has the best playoffs and the best championship. It's the best. Uh, yeah, I'd most likely agree. Stanley, I'm glad. Stanley Cup. Kind of might take Stanley it's Cup close. Playoffs. It's very close. May take the yes, cup yes. yes, it's very. It's definitely very close. But I just like it how I. I don't know. I I like I like the intensity of playoff hockey. I wish baseball had a little more of that intensity in it because it just like there are some series in baseball who just they just don't have that intensity. Well, I think I think the problem, not the problem, but it's just like completely different because. Even when you talk about when you talk about hockey, you're talking about a smaller arena. You're talking about way more people on top of each other. You're talking about uh, a game that 
pretty much besides, besides intermissions never stops. So there's just constant action. There's constant things to look at. So I feel like when people compare like that, it's, it's kind of hard to compare because they're just so different. And baseball, I feel like a baseball stadium will get louder than a hockey stadium in specific, like a hockey, like a, a, a playoff hockey game will be louder consistently through the whole two, two and a half hours but the loudest a hockey game will get won't compare to the loudest a baseball game will get. If you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. It's 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 hard. It's different. It's hard to compare them. But I just love playoff baseball. I can't wait till the playoffs. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's slow it down here because we just finished the first month. We're on to month two. Uh, and, uh, there's some teams who are starting to slow down, AKA the, uh, Pittsburgh pirates. Yeah, it it was bound to happen. We knew it was going to happen. The pirates magic looks like it's probably, you know, coming up on done. They've gotten, gotten swept twice in a row. They've lost seven games in a row and they just really just. I don't know. The pitching was only going to last so long. Yeah. Do I think Mitch Keller's okay? Yeah. Do I think Oviedo's okay? Yeah. Do I think Roancy Contreras is pretty good? Yeah. But they were not not going to pitch that well for the entire year. It just wasn't going to happen. It was one month of very good baseball. Very good baseball. Nobody's going to sit here and deny that. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Pirates are a terrible team because they just were 20 and 8 over a, over just over a month. They They played great baseball for a month. But it was not going to last the entire year. The bats have really slowed down, and outside of Contreras, the pitching has slowed down a lot. So, I mean, the only thing the Pirates have going for them is that, again, as we talk about, I feel like every episode, the NL Central fucking sucks. Both Centrals suck, and it's not going to take that many wins to win this division. Milwaukee has been struggling their last 10 games as much as Pittsburgh. They've won one of their last seven games, like, and it was yesterday. So it's not like everybody else is playing that great. I think the team that they got to look out for is the Chicago Cubs because they just keep adding guys from their farm system. They called up Christopher Morrell today, get another crazy bat in there. Obviously, Mervis isn't out to a, a great start after being called up last week, but the kid needs time in the majors. It's his first time up here. The Cubs are a team that could come out of nowhere, like we talked about last episode. So I think the Pirates, even though they're sliding and they're probably going to continue to slide for the rest of the season, the NL Central is not out of the question because everyone, it seems like, is struggling. And let's not let's not ignore the fact that the St. Louis Cardinals are without a doubt the worst team in the National League. And you can make the argument right now, I mean, who else but the Oakland Athletics and maybe the Royals, can you say, are playing worse baseball than the St. Louis Cardinals right now? I mean, it is complete turmoil in St. Louis right now. You have a guy in Wilson Contreras who you kind of expect to take the reins from Yadier Molina after him holding down the backstop there for 20 years. So this is a team who... Spent spent some money this offseason, and the product on the field is not at all what we had seen last year from a team who was an early exit in the postseason. Yeah, and you know, I feel like we talk about the Cardinals quite a bit, and we spend a lot of time on the NL Central. For people who don't live in Central America, we spend a lot of time on the NL Central. 
I just don't understand the Cardinals, and I want to take some time and talk about their situation because I think their situation is really interesting right now because when you have a team that has 11 wins, 11 and 24 through their first 35 games, this is a team who was supposed to almost run away with the NL Central. I'm I'm 95% sure that they were minus money to win the NL Central in the offseason. I would love to go back to our preseason – picks and preview for divisional winners. I want to see what we said about the central. Cause I know we said, I, I think we kind of shit on Pittsburgh. I think we shit on Pittsburgh. We shit uh, on Cincinnati. We shit on Cincinnati. We said that the brewers will, would probably sell at the deadline if they were shit. Yep. But I don't yeah, remember. And then we I, said, I think we kind of just gave the Cardinals the, the we did a hundred percent. A hundred percent, we gave the Cardinals the central because everyone was giving the Cardinals the central. It look, it should have been the Cardinals. Like we talked a little bit about the Cubs too, but we said that we didn't like the pitching and with Stroman as your ace, and that's pretty much it. Like, like the Cubs, it just wasn't their year yet. This was the Cardinals division. A hundred percent, everyone had it as the Cardinals division. They are struggling, and it, like I don't even know what to say about them because it's not just the pitching. We knew the pitching was a problem. We knew the pitching was a problem, but we thought the lineup could carry them. Just like how the Boston Red Sox are doing right now. Obviously, I am going to take every opportunity to bring them up. But their pitching's terrible. Their their ERA as a team is like 5-5, but they're winning games because their lineup is carrying them. This is what we thought the Cardinals were going to do. We thought that the pitching was going to be bad, to have an ERA to 4-5 to 5, and they were going to win games 6-5, to 7-5, to 8-6, 8-6, stuff like that. They're just not doing that. Arenado is not out to the hottest start. Goldschmidt had three home runs the other day in one game. That's the one hot thing that's happened for the Cardinals in the past couple weeks. But nobody is really out to that great of a start. And now they have this whole Wilson Contreras debacle, which I, I want to get into a little bit. I, yeah, because... I was going to ask you about this because I've read up uh, quite a bit on this Wilson Contreras situation. And I actually read a blog post from a Cardinals fan. He was talking about how historically St. Louis doesn't typically bite on big, bigger free agents. They like to go out and either use homegrown talent or eventually use that homegrown talent to then flip four star players in the trade market. He was kind of intrigued on the fact that the Cardinals front office front front office and ownership kind of felt this this expectation for fans to kind of have a guy as a backstop who is I I don't want to I don't want to put words in his mouth and say that you know like a the leader of a team but like you need a noticeable face as a catcher if you're the Cardinals like that's that's what you've had for the last 20 years and that's what they did and they went out and they got Contreras and it it kind of looked like a home run signing all around, and now we're what thirty five, forty games into the season, and it's anything but that right now. And the the Cardinals have felt the heat, and they have decided to move him, the designated hitter for the for the remainder of the foreseeable future. So this is uh this is an interesting move by the Cardinals for sure, because this is a guy you went out and spent nearly ninety million dollars on over five years, and now within the first you're scraping the surface of this contract and now you're already essentially saying this isn't working out right now. We're moving you 
to a lesson. It's 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 kind of a slap in the face to Contreras, to be honest with you. Yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with that blog more. I, you know, I I think this off season there was a lot of expectation on Cardinals management to go out there and make a move because Cardinals fans are. I feel like Cardinals fans are are in the same echelon as you know like Cubs fans and, and and you know fans like older teams that have really smart fans that really care a lot about their teams and Cardinals fans saw that the team was definitely easy, easily good enough to win the division there was no question about that but what were they going to do in the playoffs they got bounced early last year and if they didn't make a move, it looked like the same thing was going to happen this year. So they make a move for Contreras. I th- I kind of agree with this guy. I think it's almost like a panic move. They had Yadier Molina back there for so many years that they wanted to follow him up with another great catcher. Here's, here's my issue. My issue is the last, what, five years, four, four or five years that Wilson Contreras was in Chicago, the complaints about him were that defensively he wasn't there he wasn't there as a catcher defensively he couldn't call major league games and he didn't have the support of his pitchers that was the biggest complaints that and that he wasn't mature enough that he was too young too too like egotistical too big-headed and he wasn't mature enough to handle the major leagues and being told what to do and stuff like that so you knew all of this everyone knew all of this this is nothing new this is not you know, something that just came out of nowhere that nobody knew that Wilson Contreras was not that great defensively and, you know, couldn't handle a pitching staff. Everyone knew this, yet you said that you felt like it was going to be fine that you signed him to a five-year, $90 million contract. Now, after 35 games, now you're saying that he can't call a game, we're going to put him at DH, he can't catch, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to put garbage back there behind the plate instead of Contreras. Like, let the guy figure it out. Or why did you sign him in the first place? You didn't sign this guy to play DH. You signed him to be the catcher after Yadier Molina. And why was Yadier Molina not part of this decision, honestly? They didn't ask Yadier Molina, yo, what do you think of Wilson Contreras? Like, can you talk to some people, see see what they think of him? Like, if you didn't pass the Yadier Molina check, which people have come out now and said that Yadier Molina has spoken about Contreras and that he also is not a, he's just not a big fan of Contreras. They don't have a relationship. If your $90 million catcher on the St. Louis Cardinals does not have a relationship with Yadier Molina, the one of the greatest definitely in trouble. defensive catchers of all time, you are in trouble. You have an issue. And why was this not looked at in the offseason? Why did you sign this guy if all these signs were pointing that he was a bad defensive catcher and he couldn't handle a pitching staff? Why would you sign him? And now, 35 games later, you're like, Oh, he can't handle the pitching staff. Well, we fucking knew that. You you gave him the money and basically said, we don't care. We'll take it because the bat's so special. But now you're going to have him play DH. And while he's DHing, you're taking the bat out of one of the great outfielders that they have. You know, like Norlin, Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, Tyler O'Neill. You're taking the bat out of those guys' hands. And now you're putting it into the hands of a garbage catcher who's going to come catch while Contreras DHs. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's just, it's it's. I, 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 it's I don't know what situation. they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I've seen recently that they're trying to trade some minor league talent and even possibly some major league talent for uh, a starting pitcher. They, sh- 
They should. This is but like this is what we've been saying for years now. I feel like all Cardinals fans have been looking for is for them to trade the surplus that they have at the infield position and the outfield position. They have so many position players. Trade them for pitchers and make the run. The division's terrible. You may be nine games back, but you're still not out of it. There's 125 games left of the season. Go trade for a pitcher, please. And this team has so many problems, not even just on the field, off the field too. We had the, the beginning of the season sh- season shit with the, their coach, Ali Marmot, and um, and Tyler O'Neill them beefing because he said O'Neill wasn't putting forth enough effort. And now we have this going on with Contreras where he comes out and says they're going to try Contreras at DH at corner outfield. And then you got the general manager or the president of baseball operations for the Cardinals coming out and said he is not stepping foot in the outfield. What, which one is it? Which one? What are we doing here? So I wrote this down in my notes and I know you saw it. Why does it like to me, this feels like it's all roads leading to Yadier Molina to become the new manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. If not at the end of this year, if not next year, then the year at, within the next three years, I think he's going to be the manager of the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like the, the, the easy option now it's it's just kind of uh you know transition him into that managerial role it's obviously you know managed puerto rico in the 2023 world baseball classic and i think a lot of fans were happy to see yadi uh, you know in, in a bench role and you know it's 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 really hard because the, the thing the reason why i'm so hesitant to to throw guys who are beloved by fan bases into managers is it can quickly change the perception of how fans view you. I think it, yeah, yeah, I think it definitely can. And I think, I think for Yachty, like I think personally, I think he would be down for the challenge. I think he would, would be willing to take that job with an open mindset, but I think there would also be a part of him that would be afraid to fuck the job up and then, kind of ruin his legacy in st louis because you know but but i but i don't even know if if, if he could do that because he, he won a world series there and it's it's kind of the same situation with david ross in in chicago yeah that's what i was just gonna say that i feel like it is kind of like the situation with david ross in chicago a guy that was so beloved in chicago and he becomes a manager and you know, I don't really think people have turned on David Ross. I think he, uh, I think people in Chicago really still hold him in that high regard. No, but, 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 I, I but any time you take the reins of like the a like a team that really like a big portion of the city supports, and I would say a lot of Chicago or Cubs fans, like they're gonna no matter how much they love you, they're they're going to let you hear their their thoughts. Yeah, hundred percent. I I think that. They're definitely going to let you know when they're upset. And I think you can say that about Cubs fans. You can say that about Cardinals fans. You can say that about a lot of fans in the MLB. I just think that for for Cardinals management to get the fans back on their side, I think this would be a move to get the fans back on their side because there's definitely a lot of Cardinals fans, a majority of them, that are upset with how this team is being managed. Obviously, it's you can't blame the manager for an eleven and twenty-five start or whatever they like. That you can't blame the manager for that, but I do think that 
there's been a couple things that he, a couple moves that he's made, a couple things that he's said, and just things that he's handled, and that I don't think Cardinals fans are too happy about the way he has handled it. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's someone we see get fired midseason, and you know that could be something like we saw with the Phillies. They fired Joe Girardi midseason, and then look where that and like look where they ended up. So it could be something like that. I don't know. I just think the Cardinals have a long way to go if they want to get back in this division and they need to start making moves. Like I, I said, there's a lot of time. We still so many games left, but you can only hang around at the bottom for so long. You, you eventually have excuse. to make a move. Yeah. You can always use, you can, you can only use that excuse for so long. You can only lose ball games for so long before these wins start adding up and, you dig yourself into a hole that you're not going to be able to find your way out of. It's, uh, I would say, so as of as as of today, let's 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 talk about as of today. As of today, the Cardinals find themselves 11 and 24, 13 games under 500. I would say, if the Cardinals don't cut that deficit to seven games. Under 500 by May. I'll give them June 1st. Yeah. You're looking at a washed season. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, the first two months can kill you. They can kill you. And a start this bad, if they stay this bad for another full month, now we're looking at a hole that's almost impossible to get out of. Like that that's going to be really really tough for them to dig themselves out of and one move is not going to do it. You might as well just start prepping for next year if you're Cardinals front office at that rate. Like if you get to a point there's no if you get to a point where you're 10 games under 500 in in June July, there's 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 no point in trying to salvage that season, cut your loose ends and plan for next year. Yeah, and and let me tell you something. If the Cardinals don't trade their surplus of infi- of middle infielders and corner outfielders, there will be riots in the streets of St. Louis. The Cardinals fans will not stand for it if management for St. Louis does not make a trade this year. They need to make a trade, get rid of the surplus, get pitchers because you have none stop rolling out steven matz every fifth day he can't pitch in the major leagues anymore it's it and adam wainwright was not your savior it's a sorry uh, it's an interesting time in st louis Let's um let's pivot over to the West Coast. Let's talk a little Padres Dodgers. This was a fun series this weekend. Padres end up taking game one of that series. They end up winning five two. They threw the crying Kershaw up on the scoreboard. And Zach, do you know what happens on Saturday and Sunday? Yep, the Padres don't fucking win, and Jake wins another goddamn pick. Yeah, so the Dodgers come back, win the next two games, Saturday and Sunday, and they win a pretty great game on Sunday Night Baseball last night, coming back in extra innings and uh, capping off a, a, a series win in San Diego. And for a Dodgers team who started off the year slowly, it looks like they have started to find their stride. Meanwhile, the Padres 
a team who continues to struggle to continues to live around that 500 line. It's a, uh, the, the Mets and the Padres are a very similar team in the sense that, look, I've always said this, buying a World Series can't work. So, And these are two teams who are, have two of the highest, highest payrolls in the league. And it seems as though they're finding themselves at 500. So, Zach, I, uh, I don't really know where I stand on my mindset with the Padres or the Dodgers right now. I think the Dodgers are... Could could start to run away with the West now that the fact that they just looked a lot better than the Padres did this last weekend. And I don't really see any room for improvement on this current Padres roster. This might be another scenario where they have to go out and make another move for something. I don't know what it is. They need to they might need to switch the lineup up a little bit. Yeah, you know, watching that Padres Dodgers series this weekend, I think you can really tell why the Dodgers are just a better organization because you saw Mookie Betts go yard. You saw Freddie Freeman get hits. Those are guys that they traded for. Those are guys that they signed in free agency. Those are big guys that they went out and got. And then you see guys like James Outman. You see guys like, you know, Miguel Vargas. You see guys that like Chris, Chris Taylor, Clayton Kershaw, guys that came up in the Dodger system. That shows you how they develop players. This Dodgers organization we talk about it time and time again. Everybody talks about it. They're the best goddamn fucking organization in baseball, and nobody could change my mind. There is no organization out there that can develop players from the position player standpoint and from a pitching standpoint and also make the big moves in the offseason and during the season with trades. There's no team like it. There's no organization like it. And I think the Dodgers this weekend really just proved that you know, even though the Padres might be making moves, they're still the big fucking bully in the NL West. They're still the team to beat. And when you have James Outman, a rookie playing as good as he is, and you have Mookie Betts, a perennial MVP every year, and Freddie Freeman, a perennial MVP every year, and the pitching staff that the Dodgers have. I mean, the, the Padres, they, they got the three best pitchers on the Dodgers staff and three of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Clayton Kershaw is pitching like he is still 26 years old. He's throwing the ball. Like the, no one spots the ball like Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, then in game two, they hit you with they hit you with the ginger ninja in game two when Dustin May. The guy has more movement on his fastball than I've ever seen, and it comes in at 98 miles an hour. And then in game three, they follow it up with Julio Urias, who gets – bombed for what three doubles in the first inning and the Padres score two runs and then the guy settles in and doesn't give up shit after that the Dodgers are scary man and and the Padres I I really don't know what to say because when you make all these moves and you spend all this money like you gotta produce and are they playing all right baseball yeah they're playing all right baseball but for how much money they spent in this offseason and all the shit that was talked about San Diego you expect them to be better. And, you know, when you have Manny Machado out to the start that he's out, out to right now, 252, 303, 389 slash line, that's fucking terrible. He has a WRC plus under 100. That means he's a below average hitter. Manny Machado's not a below average hitter. He's got to get it going. Soto's got it, has started to heat up, but he's got to keep on top of it. Bogarts has really started to slow down after that great start. And Tatis, I mean, he had two homers, I think, against Kershaw the other day. He's out to a phenomenal start, and it pisses me off because I hate him. But 
this team, I think, has really got to get Manny Machado going if they want to if they want to start winning games. If Manny Machado is playing at, playing to that MVP caliber like he did last year, there's nothing stopping this team. I really don't think so. But right now, it's all Dodgers in the NL West. I still have the Dodgers winning it all in the NL West because I just think that over 162 games with using their farm system and using what they know and what they're able to trade for and and sign and this team just knows how to develop players into that Dodger system and play Dodger baseball. I just think it's all fucking Dodgers and the Padres. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, it's uh, the NL West, which looked like it could be a competitive division between the Padres and the Dodgers, has slowly turned into kind of a mismatch of confusion. It's confusing as to if the Dodgers will remain as dominant as they have been in years past. It's confusing in the fact that the Padres, who have one of the higher payrolls in baseball, aren't performing to their their full potential right now. And it looks like that might just be the norm for San Diego. Like this, This team just might be one that's too stacked on the offensive side of the ball and maybe doesn't have enough as pitching as it should. Who knows what the scenario is with the Padres? Only time will tell with that. But I think it's a legitimate legitimate fear for Padres fans that maybe they they overspent in the wrong departments. I mean, you look at just, just between Bogarts, Machado, and Tatis. It's almost a billion dollars right there. And you even ha- you haven't even signed Soto yet. So I don't know what they're going to do with Soto. I don't know what you do if you're the Padres, if you are playing 500 baseball in the middle of the summer. Like, do you trade Juan Soto? I, You're asking the wrong guy. I, I don't think so. I don't think you trade Juan Soto because I think if you're still playing 500 ball come the deadline, I think you – you kind of still like your chance as a Padre, as a you know a Padre guy, to get into the wild card at least. I think you just got to push all your chips forward. I don't think this is a team that's gonna sell because they spent so much in this offseason. I don't think this wanna, is a team that can sell. But I don't think question, they can. But here's my question: If this is a team who has already been rumored to want to go after Otani, where does Soto figure into those plans? They can't pay everybody under the sun. I don't think they can pay Otani anyway. I really, I, I, phys- I don't think they can do it. And they can say they're going to go after him all they want. I, they physically cannot. They can't. That's going to be a six hundred million dollar contract. They can't do it. It, it might even be more than that. Exactly. Like they, it they physically cannot. They cannot. They can barely afford the Soto contract that they might have to give out this year. There's no way they can afford Otani and definitely not both. You know, I, I I don't know where they really go because, like you said, if they are playing 500 ball at the deadline, there's going to be a lot of people saying, why don't we get something for Soto? He's probably going to walk. I just Which don't think I you can trade. Think, like, I think you could get a lot for once. You could get a lot for Juan Soto. You could get pieces that... See, I disagree. I don't think you can get anything. I I don't think anybody will call for him. I think Steve Cohen might call for him. What are you going to give up? Look... That's, That's Vientos, Mauricio, and three other guys. Yeah, that's... And that... And... To be honest with you, if this team is not performing at that level, he might pull the trigger and do it. Because I know he wanted him in the past. 
I just I I I really really don't think everything would have after, to align, but the stars would have to fall into the right spot at the right time. But if if the Padres were to move on from Juan Soto, which is it's this is we're talking about scenarios that are so unlikely. But if the Padres were to move on from Soto, I don't think it would be crazy to say Steve Cohen would be on the phone. No, that's that's well, yeah, that's a completely different conversation. Absolutely, if anybody is on the table, Steve Cohen's picking up the phone. I just don't think I. I really think like after this, the season and the off season that the Padres just had, and and a season in twenty twenty two where they do trade for Juan Soto and they give up a lot of their future and C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore and uh, James Wood. When you give up so many good prospects for a guy and he really doesn't turn out to be that good outside of Washington right now, because to be like to be honest, Juan Soto is not the same player he was in Washington. In the the past year year, he has not been the same player. He has not been the same player as, since he's got to San Diego, and I think a lot of teams are seeing that. I don't think they're putting too much stock in it, but I don't see after the offseason that they just had paying so many people so much money and just trading away a lot of their future to get one. So to a guy who is a team's future, cause he's still fucking 24 years old. I don't see how they can move on from that. And I don't see how a team could give up a package for a guy like Juan Soto, who's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Unless like you said, it's, it's something crazy. Like the Mets are really struggling and Steve Cohen says, fuck it. Totally, totally agree. Yeah, no, it's like I said, the stars would have to align, but the Padres, Padres have a really interesting uh, case on their hands. So we shall see how that unfolds. And like I said, this is going to be uh, this. This is this is honestly one of the more fun. Uh, I'd say like five to six week stretches in baseball because it's not we're not getting to the point where it's trade deadline rumors yet. But this is all the buildup that's going to lead into the trade deadline rumors. Who's playing well? Who could possibly buy themselves off the team right now? As shitty as that sounds, like I'm sure Brian Reynolds at one point in the year was like, "I'm trying to play my my ass off this Pittsburgh team." Obviously not anymore. Signs the extension, but there's a lot of guys who are going to try to play themselves off the current roster and on Absolutely. someone else's roster. Absolutely. And I'm sure maybe one of those people could be Otani. You never know. You never know. Uh, there was just like one more thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's something that's really annoying. And I've noticed it in the past, and I feel like every time I watch a baseball game, the broadcaster brings it up if this does happen. They don't announce anything at baseball games. The umpires don't announce when there's a pitch clock violation, they don't announce like they have microphones to tell you when I the challenges are supposed to happen and shit like that. Yeah. But they literally don't like in the NFL, they announce every single flag. So in the, the NBA, they don't announce the right. fouls, but they announce like when they go to the monitor and they give flagrants and shit like that. Like the why PA are we not will, using will announce it? It's here's the thing. It needs to this this is what needs to happen. There's no real hand signal for a pitch clock violation. Um the umpire kind of just throws his hands up in the air and waves the pitcher off. And then we have about five to 10 seconds of confusion of everyone standing around looking at the guy, like what just happened? Was that on me? Was that on the pitcher? 
what everyone was in a disengagement. No one knows what the sign is. So we need to have a, and like we said, this is going to be tweaked towards the end of the year. I'm sure this will be tweaked come next year. There needs to be set in stone hand signals. There also needs to be a change. Zach, we were talking about this earlier in the week. I know this goes a little bit away from the conversation that we're having, but there needs to be a set in stone time for the pitcher and hitter. Like, I don't like that. I don't even know what the current rule is. I know it's eight seconds where the pitcher has to be engaged. I think it might be six seconds for the batter. It's eight for the batter. It's, It's the other way around. Which doesn't make any sense. See, it's completely confusing. It should just be eight seconds for yes, everyone. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's completely confusing because now, like like I've said in the past, it's happened to the Red Sox several times, you have hitters that are not looking at the pitcher in the box when the eight-second mark comes up, but you have pitchers who are not on the mound yet because they don't need to be. So you have hitters getting violations when pitchers are not on the mound. That doesn't make any sense. That needs to go. And – it's going to get tweaked. It's absolutely going to get tweaked. I just – they've got to give it a whole season before they tweak it, which is annoying. So it's just what it's going to be for the rest of the season. Right. I just don't understand why there's so much confusion on the field when the fucking umpire has a microphone to announce. Why are we not announcing a pitch clock violation charge to Chris Sale? He didn't come set early enough. Something like – literally something like just so we know what happened because there's – I was watching – Cubs Marlins the other day, they were in extra innings and there was a pitch clock violation at the beginning of the inning. And even the announcers, they're like, I have no idea what just happened. Uh, apparently it's one and oh, like nobody knows even in the stadium what's going on. Like people know that there's a pitch clock violation because you get the one ball or the one strike, but nobody sits there and is like, oh, it's because he wasn't looking at the pitcher, so he yeah. got a strike called. Like nobody knows. Just announce there, it. There it's something needs, so yeah, simple. The PA announcer needs to, or just mic all the umpires. Mic the crew chief and the umpire. Or if the umpire, if the behind the plate umpire is the crew chief, just have him be the only one who's mic'd. Here's the. It's a really simple solution. There just needs to be more communication between what's going on on the field and everyone watching the game. The PA announcer should be fully included in on this. So if there's a pitch clock violation, the umpire clearly signals to everyone pitch clock violation. The PA can then spit out to everyone in the stadium pitch clock violation, Bryce Harper. Pitch clock violation, Clayton Kershaw. It's that simple. Something so simple that I feel like can just make so many more people happy and it's really it's like nothing to change it's the little things that they'll tweak that'll make the biggest difference for this so yeah and i i think that it's a work in progress and it's 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 a step in the right direction absolutely i think this is just stuff we're going to see next year i think next year we're really going to see it the the whole pitch clock and all the new rules you know really find their shape and figure out how they're actually going to be for years to come. I think right now we're just trying to figure it out and that's just, it is what it is. I, I, I really don't get it because what was the point of testing it in the minor leagues? If they didn't figure this out, then I don't know why now it's an issue because it's in the majors who knows, but it's something that they'll fix when, when, when the time comes, we just got to ride it out for the next 130 games and hopefully it doesn't become an issue. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think that's all I had. Do you have yeah, anything else you wanted uh, to do? or No, let's get into some picks. All right, let's do it. Power. 
by Riverside. All right, we got picks for Tuesday, May 9th. Is there anybody who wants to volunteer? I'm between picks, so I think I need a minute. I can go first here. I am taking the San Diego Padres money line tomorrow night against the Minnesota Twins. Padres are minus 105. They're on the road tomorrow in Minnesota. Michael Walker on the bump for the Padres. Yeah. Jake? Uh, I'm going to stick in the NHL playoffs. We are going the Carolina Hurricanes over the New Jersey Devils. They're just better. They won last my, – my last pick won, so I'm riding them. Let's go, Canes. Jake hates the Devils. Anybody couldn't figure that out? Oh, man, I'm really in between picks. Fuck it. All right, I'm going to go to uh, one of my favorite places to go, actually. Seattle, Washington. We're going to go with the Mariners. They got George Kirby on the mound taking on Texas the Texas Rangers. Andrew Heaney on the mound for the Rangers. Heaney's out to a shitty start. They're in Seattle. I like the Mariners, dude. They got to get it going. They got to get it going. They got to get it fucking going. 500 ball is not what this team should be playing. And the Rangers are looking good on top of the AL West, so... I'm going to take the Seattle Mariners. I like it. Fly, Mariners, fly. What is a Mariner? Is it a fish? Uh, What is a Mariner? What is a Mariner? Um, It is a seaman. Excuse me? Not that seaman. A sailor. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You ever think about the names of teams? Sometimes I don't even like think about it. I just like say them and You know what I yeah. mean? Like what's like a diamondback? How... It's a snake. It's a snake, it's right? Snake. Yeah. yeah, it's a snake. Um Is what's the uh... Twins for the Twin City? Yeah. Um Why are, why is San Diego the Padres? Fathers? Why? Yeah, but I know what a Padre is. I'm saying why, though. I think because there was a lot of, uh, like, there was a lot of uh, religious uh, friars out there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. What's a Philly? Just because they're Philadelphia? Yeah, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, is that, I don't Well, also, like, there's a lot of Cubs in Chicago. A lot of Bears out there, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't say that for... That's for a lot of things. Like Detroit, there's no Lions out there. There's a lot of Pirates out there, huh? Or Tigers. Pittsburgh? A lot of Pittsburgh and Pirates? Oh, a lot of Pirates and Pittsburgh. How do you think they came up with names at the beginning? You know, at the beginning of, of teams. And Cincy? Do you, how do you think they were just like, you know what? Cubs. Why weren't they the Chicago Cobras? You mean to tell me these socks are red and not white? Why both socks? 
And why didn't why did we why did they get lazy and only do three letters? Why didn't we do the full S O C K S? That's a great question. Well, I, I, these are questions that we'll probably never get answered. Listen on Thursday when we have Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred on to answer the questions of how every the, all thirty Major League Baseball teams got their name. Yes, of course. Uh, are we doing roulette? Um, or no? Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. Um, numbers? Uh, 17. Uh, 2. 23. 23. What? What are you doing? 23. 23, 23, 23. Zach, what were you? Sorry. 17. 17. I'm doing 22. All right. 17, 17, 17, 17, 23, 23, 23, 23. Mm, 17, we're waiting. It's going to be two now. Watch. Spinning. It's definitely going to be two. 10. 17. Fuck. Fuck. Damn. It's okay. We're gonna get it because we have three numbers every time. We're we're gonna get it. We're it's we're, definitely we're not gonna take us thirty five episodes for sure. It might take us thirty five episodes. It could take us thirty five episodes. It might take us more. It might take us thirty seven or thirty eight. If it 39. takes us more, if it takes us more episodes to hit it a second time than it did the first time, I'm gonna be very uh, upset. over I don't know under what I'll do, but. over under eighty third and a half episode of the next under. Hit. I think under. Way under. We have three numbers each time. Statistically. Statistically, we're due. What are you willing if to we wager keep on the that? Same what are you willing number? to wager on that? Uh, nothing. All right. Uh, 65 and a half. <sighs> That's a way tougher under. line. I got the under. Wow, Jake. What are you I willing faith. to wager on that, Jake? I'll put a beer on it. <laughs> we need One more singular beer. That. We need something dicey. Um, I think you should, should have to poem? deliver should, the should beer. Should just, another just poem deliver bet? One oh, should we do another beer. poem? We haven't done a poem Ooh, bet in a while. I'm down for a poem bet. Let's do a poem All bet. Right, go for it. All right. Go for it. So I got 64. What is it? 60 65 and a half, I think you said, yeah. I'm taking the over over on that. Okay, so if we get to the 66th episode and no one's gotten it, I have to write you a poem. Yeah, yeah. and then and then vice versa. Like if yeah. if it hits next episode, I have to write you a poem. Deal. Handshake. Good shake. Zach, last last poem bet was good. What was the last poem bet about Zach? What do you I remember? Use? I wrote. You wrote Jake a poem. It was for Jake. Yeah, I just <laughs> don't know why. Was it the Cowboys? I don't know what I lost. Cowboys. It was the Cowboys versus the Bucks. Oh, it was. It was, it was the It was the Bucks. It was the Bucks game. Yeah, it was the playoffs. That felt good. Fuck you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for Monday's Tuesday's episode. Excuse me. We will see you on Friday. Thanks everybody for hanging out. We love you and watch some baseball this week. Wait, wait, wait. We actually won't see you on Friday. There's going to be no episode this Friday. Me and Chris are on vacation. Oh, right, right. I just right. thought about that. So we'll actually see you guys next Tuesday. I know I don't know how you're going to get through your weekend without us, but 
We'll be back next Tuesday. Maybe we'll have an extra long episode. Maybe we'll even have NBA Insider Lemon on the next episode. You never know. We'll see you guys in a week. Enjoy the week. Watch some baseball and drink a couple beers. Love you guys.